not going down just because of something some stupid adults are doing. Mobile suits. Monday, Monday. Camille's a man's name, and I'm a man! Uh, no carrots, please. Mobile suit? Roger that. Mobile suit. Mobile suit. Change. Although all enemies were defeated, Earth did not change one bit! The commander! <laughs> He's lost it! <laughs> every other day, every other day, every other day of the week is fine! You're a soldier here, aren't you? If you want to be more than just a grunt, you better learn to see the whole picture. Uh, yes, yes, sir. I'm the enemy, you idiot! Miss Matilda! Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of Mobile Suit Mondays. We're actually all really kind of sad here at Mobile Suit Mondays because we're covering Build Fighters, episode 17. It's titled Model of the Heart. It's all about Mao and how he's a loser. <laughs> we're, we're sorry, we're sorry, Tony. Yeah, the episode begins with Mao. And there's a brief overview of of how his youth was filled with gunpla arrogance until he met his master. But before we get into too many details, I was getting too involved in the super serious business of why we were all sad. This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight. And I'm joined tonight by two of my fellow Gundam enthusiasts, in particular a guy who considers Mao his boy. So give a shout out, guys, and let everybody know who's sad. I don't consider Mao my boy, and I'm glad he lost. That's Mike. <laughs> uh, this is Tony, and uh, yeah, all right, fine, Mike. <laughs> Shut up, Mike. It's okay. Like, He's like, be that way. All right, you guys, you guys can like rag on me when. When Fellini finds himself in some dire oh, he's going down. Hey, when yeah. when when Fellini gets sent to jail for underage sex, <laughs> uh, we're gonna be laughing at you for sure. So anyway, we're gonna laugh when he's like locked away in that paddy wagon, you know, and the fucking British bobbies are like taking him away and shit. It's like, wah, 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 wah. And, like that's gonna be funny. Like, say, say his dad is like, I arrest you because, dude, you're a perv, man. <laughs> <laughs> He takes off his, like, homeless name or beard. There will be no touching of little girls. <laughs> hey, what do you call, uh, Kibrara's gotta be, like, totally legal. She was at the bar, like, a few episodes ago, so. We we actually, we don't know that. How do we know? She could have fake ID. We don't know. That's true. Know. The, the drinking age might be different in Japan, too. That's I'm true, yeah. We don't sure. know about that either. Yeah, so. Anyway, yeah, write us in. Let us know what the drinking age in Japan is. I'm sure some of our listeners know. 
we can we can put a kibosh on that one way or the other. We learned you, Professor Smooth. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, we're still waiting to find out, you know, what that one game with the tic tacs was or whatever. So <laughs> yeah, so so we're we're dealing with some some flashbacks and backstory with Mao, and you know, basically, you know, how he ended up meeting his master, Master Chinin. And so he, his master is kind of a badass in the flashback where he, he's fighting all these mobile suits underwater. And he basically does this move where he basically puts the kibosh on a piece of ground, kind of. He slams into it. And then basically he takes this underwater sequence and turns the scenario into dry land, basically. And then it ends up raining on him later because that's how hard he's he's hit the ground and taken out all the five mobile suits around him and everything. And of course, Mao's kind of like, I so need to learn that trick, you know, but then you noticed a little bit of Easter egg there. No, no. What's, what's up, Tony? Well, he is Mao's master and he uses the Kowloon Gundam, which was master Asia's original Gundam. Oh, sweet. Okay. No, I didn't know that. So I didn't notice. Where'd he go? Where are you looking? I'm up here. Right up here. Master! <sighs> Answer me, Domon! The school of the undefeated in the East! The winds of the king! Zenshin! Kiretsu! Tempakuran! <clears throat> Look! The East is burning red! you been, Domun? Or rather, the man I acknowledge as the king of hearts. Awesome. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. No, 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 that's fine. And then we end up cutting back to the present where, you know, China or Kosaka is commenting that the seventh world tournament is beginning today. So the last episode, it was like three days ago. Well, now we've, we've jumped forward. Now we're at the, you know, today is the beginning day of the tournament and everything. And Miss Rinko Lori's there. And of course, she's waking up a sleepy sigh and ragey to tell them, hey, you guys are late. You know, you're going to, they're going to announce who the matches are. Of course, I was kind of questioning, like, are they really late? Because, like, can't they just, I mean, it's not like there's a match that they have to be on time for. Like, if, if they get there at, like, 11.07, like, it's not like they're going to be disqualified for not seeing the posting seven minutes later. But anyway, so they're rushing to get there and everything. And as they're running, Sai's making all these funny OG Gundam references, basically, you know, callbacks to La La Soon about how new types should be able to control time. And he, it's almost like a lamenting nerd thing, you know? You'd be, be like, oh, if only I had the force to, like, you know, make stormtroopers do what I want, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, so he's basically sitting there going, well, if only we could control time. But then he's also quoting Amuro Ray from Zeta Gundam. And he's like, even if we control time, I'm like, why do we make the same mistakes? Basically, they're always running late at some point in the series. So it's kind of a funny little sequence. Why do people always end up making the same mistakes? It's pitiful. The same way. And as they announce all the different matches and everything, it turns out that Reiji and Sai's opponent in this match, obviously we've kind of spoiled it a bit, but it is going to be Mao. 
So even when I was taking my notes on this episode, I basically wrote down a question for Tony because I was like, are you sad now? Because this probably means that Mao is going to lose now. Like, like, did that occur to you at this point? Because to me, I was like, well, they're the main characters. Like, they kind of have to win this match, right? Well, considering that, that, that we are at the final 16, yeah, it was pretty much a foregone conclusion when they said Mal. I was like, well, he's gone. Because, <laughs> I mean, at, at this point in the game, you can't have, like, what happened with Fellini and... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you know, Team Ragey and Say last time where they had, like, you know, enough you points. Can't, you can't have on. draws for, like, everybody, you know? Yeah, so, I mean... I I was sad because I knew he was going to be gone at the end of the episode, but at the same time, I'm like, I, I have a tendency to be fond of the secondary or, you know, tertiary characters and a lot of things. I'm a Prowl fanboy, for Christ's sakes. So so I'm used to my guys not always getting the spotlight. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, no, no, no big deal. I just figured since he was your boy, we'd be we'd be talking to you a lot during this episode. And 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 kind of like like I was just doing, you know, Samurai Boy Niels Nielsen is making similar predictions. You know, he's kind of going down the list and going, oh, Majin Kawaguchi, well, he's going to win that match. Isla, yeah, she's going to win that match, you know. And, you know, him and Fellini get to talking, and they're both kind of like, yeah, we're going to win our matches, you know. But Fellini's actually kind of more interested in, he's like, okay, genius, you know, early genius. Like, who do you think's going to win between Mao and Sai and Reiji? And, you know, they're, they're kind of considering it. And as they consider it, it cuts to like this kind of mock fight that is going on in Mao's head. You know, he's kind of head fighting. He's, he's basically doing some Batman prep time, you know, kind of trying to predict how a possible fight between him and Sai and Reiji would go. And then in the midst of that, we're actually flashing back during the episode, like we did before, to the beginnings of, of Mao's getting taught by his master. And, you know, basically he agrees to train him, and he's constantly pestering him to tell him how to do that trick where he basically slammed the ground and made all the water, you know, basically shoot up in the air and all that kind of stuff. And instead, they end up going fishing. They make these little beetle models. Like, they're doing all this other kind of, you know, wax on, wax off, paint the fence, you know, yeah, wax the car coming, type yeah, stuff. Kind of like, yeah, friends and stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you imagine, I mean, there, there's probably certain patience and dexterity and and opportunity in fishing and, and catching beetles and all that other stuff that maybe somehow translates to, you know, certain skills that maybe a person playing Gunpla would use, you know, yeah, possibly. Yeah. Well, well, the Master you know. School is obviously, a, it has a lot to do with mental state as well as, you know, creativity and power, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and basically in the present, we see Mr. Rawls wishing Sai and Reiji luck in the tournament, and they're noticing that Mao is actually running in the other direction, and he's still kind of stuck on, you know, how did my master do that trick, and, and he's kind of headed back to talk to his master. Yeah, because in all of his, uh, his, his head computations, he always lost. Yeah, it's like he can't, he can't figure out, like, what, what, you know, what's my winning move? Like, what am I going to do, you know? And I think his master kind of teaches him an interesting lesson, you know, he kind of, the lesson he, he sort of imparts to him is, you know, don't imitate what I do, you know, he, he's like, you don't have to imitate my particular trick, but he says, do something of your own that's going to make you happy, 
you know. So, I mean, I think that's a pretty, pretty insightful lesson, you know. Like, you don't, you don't have to just replicate what other people do to make yourself happy. Sometimes you have to forge new ground, you know, blaze new ground on your own and everything in order to, to give you that sense of gratification for hard work. You know, you can't just get that same sense of gratification just by, you know, imitating other people. You know, so yeah. So yeah. this this is, I guess, the the awesome toy nerd part of the the show, and I'm gonna ask you guys: Did you notice any special figures and mobile suits on Master Chinin's collection shelf? Because we're 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 now seeing his collection at the the dojo there and everything. Well, I know Mike's gonna probably rattle off a lot of the uh, the actual character models that he had, so I'll let him get that in one second. But I did want to mention. There was the all-powerful and very fearsome Tequila Gundam on his shelf. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. Uh, uh, yeah. I was like, hey, there's Tequila Gundam. Or whatever they called it in the U.S., like Cactus Gundam. Okay, Cactus Gundam. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. But something stupid like that. But... I mean, Tequila's not really that much better, but it, it is cooler. It's much funnier. <laughs> and then he, he has a lot of, like, female, like, Gundam characters on his shelf too. Yeah, he's got he's got characters like Emma Sheen from Zeta Gundam. He's got like Lacus Klein and Maru Ramius from Seed. There is Wang Lu Mei and Marina Isimal and Felt Grace from Double O. There's uh, Luna Maria from Gundam Seed Destiny. There's Audrey Byrne and Marita Cruz from Unicorn. Tifa is from Gundam X, Ina from the OSA team, and Sela from OG Gundam, and stuff like that. I didn't know what it was, but what was the the dragon-looking one that they concentrated on for a minute? I it was a I think that was yeah. I don't know. Like I, I assume it was customized. Like I wasn't sure like okay. what it. Yeah, was. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure if I know what that one is. Okay, I was just wondering because you guys know more about Gundam than I do, so. Some some of those it's like you you they they go by those shelves so quick you know I had to like sort of freeze frame and just stare at some of them to to pick out everybody on the screen and everything but that I think that little SD Gundam was supposed to be like a, a La La Soon like model so but, I just um, assumed a lot of them were like customized things in keeping with like Master Chinin's yeah. like philosophy or whatever. Yeah, he he kind of does his own thing and stuff like that. You know, a lot of the the female figures actually, you know, to to bring it back to the quote unquote real world for a second, like they they kind of actually remind me of uh, a line that I'd been like looking at or at least like observing or whatever because. There's actually quite a few characters from this series in it, and they they call it like Gundam Girls Generations. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that line, but I'll just shoot you over a link so you see what I'm talking about. I think so far they've done like little versions of like China and Kosaka and Isla, and then also uh, <laughs> Miss Rinko Lori. Oh, didn't I yeah? Didn't I post one. a picture? Of yeah, that yeah. You posted that you? picture. Yeah, like, like, like I think that model is, or I don't know if it's a model, but it's like a figurine, a statue kind of thing. That's actually sold out. But what I did notice that was kind of funny is, you know, that Rinko Lori one. Like, there's actually going to be uh, a swimsuit edition version <laughs> of that coming out. So it's kind of funny. But nice. so. 
you know. Let me so uh, go like, ahead and get this pre-order done. Oh, uh, what was <laughs> <laughs> If Justin were here, he would say it was time to log out. <laughs> yeah, it's totally time to log out. But yeah, the the the, the figurines that that Master Chunin has on his shelf kind of remind me of these Gundam Girl generation figures as well. So there's there's that kind of you know, like how, how Tony was mentioning with last episode, how it's a giant advertisement for, you know, the, the models and stuff. Well, this also is a giant advertisement for, you know, the, the female Gundam models, and or I guess, I don't know if it's models, but, you know, these kind of statuette figurine type things. So yeah. it's definite, definitely a, an advertisement for those. Should, should we get you know, to uh, the other... Uh, the favorite character discussion they had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in the flashback, basically, you know, the you know, Mao's kind of like, Master, who's your favorite Gundam female? And and Mao's basically like, my favorite's Emma Sheen because she's so pretty and so determined, and I like her so much. And then Master Sheenan's kind of like thinking of uh, Maru Ramius's like big boobies and everything, and he's like, that is my only choice. You know? <laughs> Every time so, he gets an order, they sway, and he's just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and he's, what's he's funny so- is like like Tony, you haven't seen Seed, have you? Or no, uh, yeah, I, did, I didn't know the character okay. he was referring well, to. That's yet. like totally true. Like in the like in the anime itself, like that that like flashback was not exaggerating. It's like every yeah, time that, that water, they're just swinging in the breeze. <laughs> it's like every time the ship gets hit or like things like get turbulent, you know, those things are like everywhere. It'd be like it'd be like on the old school Star Trek. Like every time the bridge tilted, it's like the boobs would like you know sway back and forth, basically. Nice. I, I want to mention. I, I thought that was kind of cool, though, because he's he's shown as this very you know contemplative kind of like Zen kind of guy and stuff. But th- there was a little hint of Master uh, Roshi there. I thought that was kind of nice. Oh yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I I feel like I feel like I I was going to ask you guys maybe who your favorite you know Gundam female character is, and I, I just predicate that by saying I think I have a Mao answer and I think I have a Master Chinan answer. So <laughs> you know. So, but uh, I, I figured I'd ask you guys, like, I, I don't know if you had any time to think about it or if just watching the episode, m- you know, made you think about that question for yourselves. But I'm just curious what you guys might might say, like, who who would you give a shout out to as your favorite Gundam female? As far as like, you know, I guess a serious answer, <laughs> I forgot her first name, but uh, Mackenzie from War in the Pocket. Oh, OK. It's Chris, right? Yeah, oh, yeah I think it's Christina. Chris yeah. Yeah, yeah, just because the Alex was a cool Gundam and she was a damn good pilot. She she yeah was, yeah you know, pretty pretty capable. No, I, I that that's your Mao answer. So I like that answer. It's very good. I I love War in the Pocket. Do you do you have a Master Chinan answer? <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to say. Seriously, it, like the the thought going through my head is like big big titty Gundam women. Mike, go ahead and give your real answer. I got to think on this for a minute. <laughs> I guess my, like, Mao answer, I guess maybe, well, I'd have to think about it a little more, but the one who jumped to mind was probably Marita Cruz from okay. Unicorn. Like, I always thought yeah, she was kind of cool. cool, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think he has, I think he has a little figurine of her on his shelf, too. Yeah, you know, yeah, so. I think there was a quick, like, glance at that. I don't you know, I think the, that, the, I think the other answer, go, I'm not sure. I think I would go with Noin, because she was, like, really, like, cold and evil in a way, but you, probably a demon in the sack. 
Huh. That's that's an that's a very interesting master tuning answer. For for me, I I don't know if it'll be obvious or it'll be obvious when I say these, but but for my Mao answer, just you know, because I like chicks who are no good for me, I, I'd probably say my Mao answer is for Murasami from Zeta Gundam is probably my my favorite female, and then the fact that she operates like the Psycho Gundam, which is the most imposing probably Gundam that there is, at least in my opinion. And then, as far as my Master Chinin answer, it's got to be Miss Sumeragi from Double O. <laughs> at least, at least season, at least season one. You know, at least that's at true. Least yeah, she might so. she might uh, outdo like Maru Ramius in the chest area there. Yeah, at least at least in that first half. You know. Yeah. So, so, but yeah, before, I, she started, I, uh, before she started hitting the drink up like pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. In the second yeah, half, she, yeah. she looks. She looks pretty good. And uh, all female listeners, please send your e- angry emails to fanholespodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> hey, we're just we're commiserating with uh, Master Chinin. He's he's he, you know he he admits he's you know. Oh yeah, I know. He, it, he, it, well, it's it's interesting because because his lesson basically is to to him like for for that line of inquiry, you know, it, it's basically the lesson is like you know like what you like because you like it, you know, like you don't, you don't have to give any reasons. There doesn't have to be any rhyme to it. You know, it's like, yeah, you, just, he just, he, you he like what you like. She's got big boobs and she's hot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You like what you like because you like it, you know? And so, you know, and, and even Mao, he's like, well, Emma San's the best because I simply like her, you know, like it's, it's a very, I don't know. It's very kind of Zen and cool. You know? I guess I, yeah. I could say like for my Chinin answer, like I've always, I've always had a thing for rain from G Gundam. Like she's okay. had that like okay. cute, like doctor, like let's play doctor, like thing going on, you know, yeah. even though yeah. Domon was like totally oblivious to it. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, she, she's, she's like very capable, but she's definitely, she's definitely cute. Yeah. 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 Well, eventually she gets in that, Skin tight thing with with Domon too, so you know. And, and her suiting up scene is rather provocative. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let me so. pull this thing on. Hey Rain, remember on the morning of the finals when we were alone? I said that if I won, there's something I wanted to talk to you about. I'm a guy who's ill at ease and knows only how to fight. That's why it's been hard for me to say this. Honestly, I, I, I love you. I want to be with you. Very cool. Well, just getting back to the the main plot of it all, I mean, basically Mao is still kind of inquiring about how the master did his trick, and, you know, he's like, can you please teach me, because I've got this tournament match coming up, and even the master agrees just a little, and I mean, they train really hard, and they train until it's raining outside and everything like that, and... Well, well, to be fair... by train really hard, it, it's Mal getting thrown on his ass a lot. <laughs> well, but that's, uh, I mean, he's, he's kind of trying to come to an understanding, oh, yeah, you yeah. know. There's a lesson, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So, and and I mean, then that you know, that's when the whole line of inquiry and flashback about who your favorite Gundam female is, and you know, because you like something, you know, simply because you like it is the the uh, lesson that is arrived at. And and then Mal wakes up in the present, and he finds a little note from his master that he's tired and went home. And, you know, basically at that point is when he, he kind of, it dawns on him, like, you know, you like what you like because you like it. And he, now he's kind of more ready to, to get back involved in the tournament again. And he's not, I guess he's not so much in his head anymore, you know? Yeah, he has like so, a little epiphany, yeah. Yeah, and and then, of course, there's a callback to, I think it was episode five, but the the China or Kosaka basically runs into Misaki from that episode where they had, you know, the, the guys that are strong arming the one in and everything and where Mao and Sai and Reiji helped team up against that guy with the, what was Big it? Zom. The Big Zom. Yeah. Big so, so basically she's back now. She's, she's returned to cheer Mao on, you know, obviously he was, he was into her and it looks like she's a little into him cause she's come all this way to watch him in the, World Tournament Finals, and of course Mal's running late because he's coming back from his master's place and everything. But I he eventually it was kind of funny, like real quick when she was talking to China, like China got kind of pumped because she was like, "I feel really sorry for you know Reiji and Sai." Oh yeah, yeah. There, well, yeah, there, that is that weird interaction where she's like, "Hey, how you doing? I remember you. Like, yeah, things are going great." It's like, "You are you here to see Mal? Yeah, I'm here to see Mal. Hey, I, I kind of feel sorry for you." <laughs> you know, like that's that from from a reading perspective. I I don't know if the tone, you know, yeah, paid yeah. attention to the actors. I don't think she meant it that way. But I think us as Westerners and just reading the exchange, you know, reading the the straight up dialogue, it does kind of come <laughs> across like, oh well, too bad for you, you know. Like, but I don't I don't think she meant it that way. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of I came think off she like... probably she it probably meant it like you know Mao probably talked himself up a lot. So she probably thought like Mao was like the best one you know there is like ever or whatever. But yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she, she's she's just like a you know she's a fan girl. You know she was like I'm sure you guys will do good, but my guy's the best. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Well, you know everybody's got their cheerleaders, so you know, and that's that's good. But you know, eventually Mao shows up, and the setting, of course, is in outer space, which is always cool, and. The Moonbeam Cannon is quickly fired immediately in the battle, and then there's a second Moonbeam moon Cannon Blast that eliminates the Star Buildstrike Shield, and Psy quickly figures out that Mao's using a solar panel to fire the multiple shots and everything, and then they quickly take out both the beam rifles and cannons and whatever they have, and then they switch to beam sabers. I mean, it's a pretty awesome battle. I'm kind of just going through it at a quick pace, you know, not getting into too many details. But well, well to be this, honest, like uh, yeah. compared to the Fellini bite, Fellini bite, Fellini fight, this one is really quick paced. The Fellini fight was more, you know, um, it's like a Rocky fight. It's like I'm gonna kick your yeah, ass. Yeah, it was like inch by bloody inch was like the Fellini yeah. fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. This was well, they, they seem to be, I mean, I, I think that's the, the moral of the story. Like, they actually seem to be sort of enjoying themselves, too. And and they even cut to Mr. Rawl and Master Chunin comparing notes with one another, almost. But, like, I, I think these lessons, like, it, it kind of, Mao's lesson kind of reminds me of, of Rodimus Prime. You know, it kind of reminds me of the burden hardest to bear, where, you know, it's, I mean, basically what he's learning, you know, it's that whole, you know, don't expect to win, 
don't expect to lose. He's like, well, what should I expect? Expect nothing, you know, nothing, yeah. you know, but it's like, basically that's the idea. Like you, if you spend time thinking about, you know, your expectation to win or your expectation to lose, you know, basically that's, that's the life lesson you learn from burden hardest to bear is it prevents you from doing what you actually have to do to succeed at your goals, you know? So it's like, you know, if Mao spends all this time in his head, he's never going to get anything done. And, and, and I guess his victory, even though, even though he's the loser, right. But, but his victory, his personal victory is that he, he's gotten out of his head and he's actually in the moment and, and enjoying the fight and fighting at his, you know, a hundred percent. I will say one thing, and this is just a fanboy nitpick. It's nothing that ruined the episode. I mean, I'm totally fine with Mal losing, but I did think they could have figured out a better way for build strike to beat him instead of like Mal having the giant hyper Atlas beam sword. And he loses because he, they punch his sword. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess it's that all the kind of Kaioken type, power up stuff because you've got you know you've got like Fellini and Kawaguchi and Alan Adams and they're all like you know watching on in awe and even like Samurai Boy is like Sukhoi you know like they're all kind of like whoa <laughs> you know and and then and when he activates his huge mouse sword I mean in my mind it was like that was like a like a moon cannon level beam saber, you know, but then, you know, size activating the RG system. So it's like, what, what was it called? The build knuckle. Yeah. So like, yeah. like it's kind of, to me, it was like, Oh, it was like a, you know, Terry Bogard, but with like fucking the Kyle Ken where he's like, come on, come on, you know, like, <laughs> you know, so I was like, well, you know, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's, I, I, that's I, you mentioned Terry Bogard. I was actually about to call it the burning knuckle, <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause it's like, Burn oh. knuckle. That, that's, that's all I could think of when he did that. He did, like the burning knuckle on the poor guy's sword, you know. So <laughs> it's like it's like basically you're like, hey, hey, uh, squall, or or hey, um, cloud, you know, I'm gonna punch your big ass fucking sword, you know. Well, it, um, it, I, I talked myself out of it because being a G Gundam fan, I mean, what can I say? Doman Kashu like beat people by putting his hand on them, so I mean, I can't really. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Terry. Absorb the force of Mother Earth into your body. I, I thought it was kind of weird, though, that they tried to play the outcome as ambiguous because we all kind of know what the outcome is. Like they sort of like cut away, you know, and you're just like, <laughs> come on, we know what happened, you know, like and even even Misaki, you know, meets Mao after the match is concluded and she's like, you're awesome. You're still awesome, you know, and. You know, which, you know, you think you'd take solace in that, but, you know, it's kind of sad. Like, Mal goes off to, like, cry for a little bit. Well, know? I was I was about to say, like, you know, you, like it looks like he's being a dick because he just kind of waves, like, you know, thanks, you know, whatever, you know, I'm leaving. Well, he's he's, he's trying not to yeah, I was about to say, like, break yeah. down in front of in front of this girl that, that he's into. You yeah, know? he doesn't like, want to be like, you know, like, you know, thank you so much, going to cry like a bitch now. No, he wanted to, like, get out of <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, it's it's a very uh, it's a very male thing, you know. Like you know, all all uh, misogyny comments aside, you know it's it's a it's a male thing. You know, you don't want someone to observe you a, a, at your weakest moment. You know, but but again, you know, it's kind of interesting. You know, a sort of mentor pupil relationship. You know, his master is right there with him. You know, eventually, where you know he's kind of like, hey, you know, it was an interesting match. You know, like this is why I like gunpla because you get to do interesting things and 
you know, it, I mean, basically he has his little moment, but, but, you know, he basically quickly turns it around where he's like, Hey, you know, next time I'm going to build a better gunpla and next time, you know, maybe I'll kick their ass. I really liked that ending just cause like, you know, if this were like Pokemon or, or something like that, they'd just be like, you know, they'd shake hands after the match and be like, you know, we're still friends though. Right. Yeah. Like we're whatever, but you know, Mao and I'm sure, you know, they, I'm sure there was all that, but you know, the, the little tacked on when, when Mao goes off to, you know, have a little cry, like, you know, cause I felt like that was more realistic. Like that's like, you yeah, know, yeah, still, yeah. still hurt though, you know, you yeah. know, that, but, yeah, any, no one, no one like no one likes to lose. So you yeah, know. there's, too, there's I mean, too many times in like some anime where people are happy that they lost. They're like, "Well, that was a good fight. Go ahead, guys." He was like, "No, I wanted to fucking win." <laughs> yeah, there is there is that weird modern day crap <laughs> where everybody's like, "You're all winners," you know, like, <laughs> like like no, you're you're not really. Like, I mean, Mal lost. Like, I'm 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 personally happy that that it was i mean i know it was ambiguous because they cut away to it but i'm happy that it was a decisive victory like it, there's no question about it like cyan ragey won like period like it wasn't like it was a draw it wasn't like we're not really sure what happened well you, you know, know when it came know, down honestly, to it you know as far as the storytelling goes and i and this is coming from someone who likes wrestling and i'm using wrestling logic in this is like they needed that win because they haven't really had a really good win for the last couple episodes when they have they've they've squeaked by you know yeah yeah so they they really no, that's, did that's true out. and 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 it's not like and it's not like they were fighting against a nobody either this was a character like you say you're you're very invested in the character Tony and and anybody who's been watching the show at least you know you you followed this character he's been a main protagonist in at least three or four episodes before this. So it's not like it's just any old asshole who they have to fight against. You know, it's like this is an important character who we know has some mad skills and, and is a, you know, a verifiable obstacle for them to, to overcome, you know, and, and then they do. So kind of like what you're saying, it's, it's it, not only is it a decisive victory, but it's, it's basically a sort of, you know, the, the, hurdles, you know, that they have to overcome is not just, uh, you know, some average thing where you can show it off camera, you know, it's like this was a, a good thing for them to, to sort of go through, you know, I guess coming back up from the underdog status, you know, they're sort of, this is another notch on the ladder, I guess. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting, like, I, I I know we'll talk about this next time, but it'll be interesting to see what happens between them and Niels Nielsen next episode, if that happens yeah, next episode. Yeah. As far as, like, you know, I know you guys were picking on me earlier, and I know you guys don't actually hate Mal. But yeah, no, I think one of the reasons why I like Mal so much is because originally I did hate him. I thought he was a jerk, because he was like, I build Gundams better than you, you suck, you know, eat it, you know, and I was just like, what an <laughs> asshole. But like I, I grew to like him, you know. Especially like I mean, the end, the end episode where they were like fighting together. I was like, oh, he's actually a pretty cool guy, you know. He, he, he believes he's the best because, like you know, it, it's it's honest uh, confidence. It's not arrogance, you know. He, he he he's going in there like believing he's the best because that's how he works. He's not like you know, oh, you suck and I'm just awesome. He's like. You know, he's just more lines of, like, I'm better than you because I have to be better than you, that kind of thing. And, you know, that's really cool. And as far as his arc ending for now, I'm sure he'll probably show up at some point before the series ends on this. I mean, because there's still, like, nine or so episodes left. 
So he, he'll he'll probably show up, probably in the background, or you know, high fiving, you know, Ragey and you know, Sai like at the end when they obviously probably win. I mean, I guess they win. Who knows? I haven't watched the, the fi- finale, so don't worry. I'm not actually spoiling anything, listeners. I, I'm I'm okay with him. You know, it's like, like where are you? Because we don't know. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> I know. We really don't. Well, I'm sure Mike knows, but yeah, but Mike knows. So, but, but uh, yeah, all in all, uh, as Ma, far as uh, when next episode starts, they just say Mao died off screen. <laughs> <laughs> Mao went back to his home planet. <laughs> Mao cried himself to death. <laughs> oh, I can't wait till Fellini gets his nuts chopped off. Anyway, <laughs> turn turn about his fair play. Just just quick note in the after credit sequence. Sai and Reiji, of course, are commenting on, you know, what an awesome match is that they just took place in, but they also observed that another match is taking place they're not really watching because they're still sort of, you know, recovering from the, the, the you know, adrenaline of the their own match. And then all of a sudden they, they see that, you know, there's an outcome to whatever match was going on in the background there. And we see that the poor Thai champ, Delara, got pwned by the Renato brothers, and that's basically what the after credit sequence reveals. So, just throwing that out there for when we actually get into it, it the next episode. It definitely seems like they're building the Renato brothers as, like, one of the main, main bad guys they'll have to overcome. Like, yeah, 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 well, you need, you need some people that are not all noble, friendly, rivalry you know, guys yeah. that have honor, you know, there's got to be somebody in there who's like a jerk face jerk. And it looks like these two guys are going to be, you know, some of the jerk faces. They're going to be like the, the, uh, stupid Duras sisters or whatever, <laughs> you know, like where it's like, Oh, they're, they're bad guys. Yeah. Know, I'm, I'm sure. pretty sure it's pretty safe to say that they're probably on the chairman's take. Probably. Again, I wouldn't know. I really don't, but I, I would assume cause they seem to have a lot of advantages and stuff. Some people don't need to be paid to be douchebags. <laughs> that's true, that's true. You, you do have a point. <laughs> but uh, I was just going to say, like, poor Delara, he, he did get wrecked. His Gundam is actually in pieces. <laughs> yeah, poor, poor Aborigine nod to Aura Battler Dunbarn is, is, like, all wrecked all over the tournament floor. Like, it, yeah, it got pwned. It looks like, it looks like Swiss cheese, you know, basically. You know? <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, well, I was going to say about Miles, like, he, he went out on a good note, so, like, ask any other questions you wish, sir. I, I'm good. I mean, I, I enjoyed the episode. I, I was looking forward to talk about, you know, the, the Gunpla Girls, because cause I thought that'd be fun to talk about and everything, and, you know, asking you guys, like, who your favorite favorite Gundam female is and stuff like that. Actually, that's a good thing, since we're we're about to close out. If you have a favorite Gundam female listener and you want to tell us who your favorite Gundam female is and you have a Mao answer and you have a Master Chunin answer like tell us what those answers would be and, and who your favorite Gundam females would be so tell us that you can write us at fanholspodcast at gmail.com you can also comment under the blogspot page we're on Facebook if you want to write us down there we are on Stitcher Radio and iTunes. You can, of course, download or stream the podcast on those mediums. And I guess that kind of wraps things up for tonight. So until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, <laughs> signing off. Hey, it's Mike Thunderwing. And this is Tony 
I don't know, satellite cannon? <sighs> satellite cannon! Satellite cannon! Okay, uh, okay. This is Tony. How sore! Say that again, say that again. It got broken up. Uh, I was gonna say, this is Tony crying like a bitch at the seashore. So gonna give you shit with the way to go now. <laughs> Okay, so I've got another file going. I mean, we can start whenever. I mean, we don't have to start, like, right this minute, but if you guys want to take another few minutes or whatever, but... I'm good. Uh, I don't know about you, Mike. You good? Yeah, I'm, I'm good to go. Okay. Okay, Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to uh, be really depressed about Mal. Okay. Okay. <laughs>